that you see, captive at his will. And if you will, let's, let's stand one more time. I know you just stood, but if you can stand, let's stand for the reading of God's word. And we'll read just six verses here in 2 Timothy chapter number part of uh, this verses through 26. And then, and then we'll park toward the latter part of uh, this verses of scripture this morning. But in 2 Timothy chapter number two, beginning in verse number 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And these latter uh, few verses here, I want you to pay close attention to. Verse number 22, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness and faith and charity and peace and with them that call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes and the servant of the Lord must not strife, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, in verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. And this latter part right here is what really caught my attention. Who are taken captive by him at his will. They that may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And this morning I want to give you, I have five points. Don't be afraid though. The first one's the longest and then we'll breeze through the rest. Amen. I promise you we'll get you out of here at a good, good time this morning. But I want you to hang on to every word uh, that the Lord laid upon my heart to give to you this morning. And I'm burdened this morning. I'm burdened for our young people. I'm burdened for our Young adults, a burden for our adults. Amen. If there's one thing we learned going through 2020, it was a challenging time for the church. It was a challenging time for each one of us with our faith in Jesus Christ. It was a challenging time going through all that. I want to preach this morning on taking cap- captive at his will. I want to help you this morning. I want to help you. I want to give you my heart this morning. We may not shout down, the, shout down the house, as Pastor would say, but I want to give you something this morning that maybe you can hold on to. And it'll keep you from these snares of the devil that has taken so many captive at his will. Let's pray, and then after we get through praying, you'll be, be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for another beautiful day. Lord, we thank you for just a great day thus far. God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be here in this place for such a time as this. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us now, Lord, as we dive into your word, Lord, as we preach from your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give unto the people, Lord. Help me to give the message unto them as you've given it unto me. And Lord, the burden and the challenge that you've given to me, Lord, I pray that it would be uh, given unto them as well. Lord, I pray that you would just help us today. God, we need your power. We need your strength, Lord. We can, do, we can do nothing without you. And Lord, we are nothing without you. And God, I pray that you would manifest yourself here. Lord, that you would help us this morning, that you would instruct us from your word. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just get all the glory from everything that is said and done, God, this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help me get the message out as you laid it upon my heart. Lord, open the hearts of the people now. And God, I pray, Lord, that you prepared them for your word. We love you. We thank you, Lord, but we can't wait to see how you're going to challenge us and and work through us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Taken captive at his will. It was a thought that I couldn't get out of my mind when I began to think, uh, began to pray really about, you know, what to preach on and and what message would God lay upon my heart. And, you know, looking forward to a Sunday morning, you know, Sunday morning, I don't know about you, but it's like Super Bowl Sunday for us Christians. Amen. I look forward to it. I I can't wait to get here. And there's, there's just something about Sunday and there's something about Wednesday. And, and for our young people, there's something about Tuesday evenings. I, I just can't wait to get here amongst our brethren. Amen. Where we get together and we encourage one another and we uplift each other for Sunday morning, Sunday night so we can go out into the world and deal with them. Amen. Uh, But there's something about it. 
And I wanted to come in and I wanted to preach just, I mean, just an uplifting message, an encouraging message. And and don't get me wrong, we'll get encouraged today and we'll get uplifted today. uh, But first, there's a little bit that we need to break through. And as I was reading through 2 Timothy here, and the Lord laid that, that latter part in verse number 26, heavy, heavy upon my heart. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. And we've heard, we've heard about the snares of the devil and the tricks of the devil and how the devil uh, gets in our minds and he begins to play little tricks and plants little seeds of doubt and discouragement. And uh, all that is of the devil, amen. None of that comes from the Lord. Only good things come from our God, amen. Uh, all, the, all, all the things that the world begins to throw at us is of the devil, amen, uh, to bring us down, to make us worthless as Christians, to make us not useful for the body of Christ and edifying him. And, and as I began to read down through there, I thought about that, man, the snares of the devil. And boy, there's many. And boy, there's a lot of snares out there. And for you older generation, you know the snares have been getting out there. And there's, there's more now than there was whenever you were growing up. And for our young people, I'm burdened and I'm worried about our young people and our teenagers today. And, and, and Because there's so many snares and, the, and they're so close to home that I believe a lot of times we walk right beside the snare, not even knowing that it is a snare of the devil. But then the latter part of that verse, the snare of the devil, who are taken captive. I began to think about that part, taken captive. What does it mean for someone to be taken captive, be held against their will, to be called up, if you would, to be captive? But then, by him at his will. By him, to be taken captive by him at his will. Meaning the vulnerability is there at every single moment for us to mess up, to trip up, to get caught up in a snare that is laid out for you and I. You say, well, Brother Brandon, we're at church this morning. There's no snares here. My friends, there are snares all around you. (laughs) Hey, don't get me wrong. Just because you come to church, don't think there ain't no snares. (laughs) I don't know about you, but Sunday morning, the devil sets up snare after snare at my house. Uh, We got four small children. The first snare is getting them out of bed. Amen. That's the first fight and the first struggle right out the gate. And then the arguing begins and the fighting. I'm like, y'all stop. Come on now. And we know what it is. It's it's, It's the devil setting up little snares and little things that set each other up. Off and it causes strife and discontentment even before we make it to the house of the Lord. Those little snares are everywhere, and if we're not careful, we'll be taken captive at His will. And that's the scariest part. But first off, let me start off on the positive side, amen. Let me hit you with some positive. We're going to do the sandwich method, amen. We're going to hit you up with some positive this morning. I want you to know that in this room today, there is unmeasurable potential. Get this now. In this room, with this amount of people, there is unmeasurable potential that is in this room. The amount of works that you can do is unmeasurable. The way that God can use you is indescribable. The way that you can influence others and encourage others is unbelievable. And there's potential in this room. But with potential, there is always an opposition. And that is the devil. Because he doesn't want you to be a potential for Christ. He doesn't want you to be used. He doesn't want you to be that vessel that we read about back in verse number 20. He doesn't want you to be set apart for God. He wants you to become dirty and unused, as Brother Looney preached about just Wednesday night. That that vessel that got marred and got dirty and got set up on the shelf, set to the side, not being used for God because because you may have accidentally slipped up and caught up in the snares of the devil and you're, you're bound and taken captive there. But there is potential in this room, and you as an individual have the power to encourage someone today. You do. Whether you know it or not, you say, well, Brother Brandon, I don't know what my talent is. I don't know what, I don't know what God's given me. Can you talk to someone and encourage them? Hey, there's a talent. Hey, man, hey, just use it for his glory. Hey, but I want you to get these things. Now, you can show others love today, or you can show them hate. We have that option. We have the potential to love one another, to encourage one another, to uplift one another when we're going through hard times or to bring them down. We have the potential to help someone today or we can pass them by only thinking of ourselves. And boy, is that not the generation in which we are living in today? 
I mean, the neighbor, our, even our own neighborhoods aren't the same like they used to be. We don't talk to our neighbors. We don't encourage our neighbors. We don't even witness to them anymore. We don't see how they're doing, see how we can help one another. It's all about me. It's all about myself and what I can do to better myself in this world until I exit the world. That's where the world is consumed about. And I believe it's crept into the Christian's heart and life this morning that we're so consumed of everything about the world and we want to do what's best for us because I believe we got caught up in some snares along the way and they're still holding on to us, but we don't even know it. There's potential in here for each one of us to tell someone about Christ every single day. You say, Brother Brandon, I can't speak well. You can give a gospel track. <laughs> changed my life, changed my wife's life. Hallelujah, because of that, I got four kids in church this morning because of a gospel track. If we can't speak, we can hand out. <laughs> Have a good day, encourage someone with a word, and give them a gospel track that can change their life forever. You have the potential today to change someone's life. I remind you what the Bible says in Proverbs, 8, Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof. And today, you can speak life into someone, or you can speak death. And what you surround yourself with will be the determining factor of how you'll live out your life as a Christian. Mm, let me repeat that, young people. Who you surround yourself with and the acquaintances that you make and the friends that you surround yourself with will determine how you live out your Christian life as you walk upon this earth. The pastor says it all the time. You can't jump in a swimming pool and make it dry. It will make you wet every time. So you ought to surround yourselves with those people who are going to constantly encourage you and uplift you and point you toward Christ as you point them toward Christ. And that's the ultimate goal as a Christian, to point others toward Christ. Live out a Christ-like life. Uh, when people see us, they ought to see the reflection of Christ. They ought to see something different in us that they won't. They would say there's something different about him. There's something different about her. I got to find out what it is. We'll not be mixed up in the world so much so that we blend in. Right. We have the potential today to stand out as a Christian. We have the potential today to encourage others as a Christian. We have the potential to point others toward Christ. But not forgetting that the snares are there. Don't forget that the devil, just because you're saved, don't think the target's not off your back. If anything, the target just got bigger on your back, Christians. I want you to get this because I don't want you to get caught up in the snares that the devil has for you. And we'll hit a couple of them here in just a moment. But I want you to backtrack here. We said all that to say this. Look at verse number 24 again with me, if you will. But foolish and unlearned things avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Verse 23 and 24. And the servant, the servant of the Lord. Fast forward down to verse number 26. And that they may recover themselves. Referring back to the servant. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are, who are taken captive by him at his will. And Paul said it this way in Romans chapter number 7 verse 21. When I do good, evil is present. And is that not so true of today? Even more so than it has been in time past. Seems like every time we go to do something good, the evil is there to, to slow it down, to hinder the process, to, to, to put stumbling blocks in front of us. When we, when we decide to do something great for God and we decide to take on a missionary or, or take on a ministry or you try to encourage a family member to get in church or try to be a witness to somebody, it never fails. Evil's there and the snares are there that cause stumbling blocks in front of us that prevent us from doing just that. I don't know about you, but there's been many times when the Holy Spirit tells me you need to call that person, you need to encourage that person, and it never fails before I even get the chance to do it. Something or someone comes up to me and needs something, and I can't help but go and help them. And I'll get sidetracked, and then hours later, late at night, I remember, oh man, I meant to call and text them, but I didn't do it. It never fails when we try to do something good. Evil is always present. Those snares are there. And there's a lot of evil in this world, and I have a burden this morning, and we're preaching to those that are saved by the grace of God this morning, but are not living in it because of the snares. 
They're not living that full victorious Christian life. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're sanctified. And yes, you're going to heaven. But along the journey, you're being held back. You're being caught up, if you would, on the snares that the devil has laid out for you. You're not living that victorious Christian life. You think back to the day when you got saved and you couldn't wait to tell others about him and, and that weight of burden was lifted off your shoulders. You knew right then and there that your eternity was settled. And along the way, somewhere along the way, there's been a snare laid out for you and you got caught up in it. And you're not serving as much as you used to. You're not as happy as you used to. You're not as encouraged as you used to. You, you, you're not the way you used to be. It's almost like we've fallen away from our first love. That time when God saved us and put our names in the book of life and all oh, the joy that floods my soul. But somewhere along the way, snares have caught us and they're hindering us and they're slowing us down. You remember in the book of Acts where Ananias and Sapphira, they were there and they sold that piece of property and they said they're going to give it all to the church, Right? And they held back part. And Peter said, why has Satan filled your heart that you lie to the Holy Ghost? You know, the devil is not someone to be messing around with. And, you know, we're not strong enough to take him on. So we better stay as close as we can to God because if we don't, we'll falter and fail along the way, just as they did for money. Oh, it was a simple of holding back what they told God they were going to give. It was just a simple monetary thing. They told God they're going to give it to him, and, and they held back part of it. It didn't end well for them. It was a simple lie over money. And there's no way that we can serve God and the world at the same time. But so many Christians are doing this. They're walking that line. I love God. I'm in church every Sunday. But man, I love the world. I love the things of the world. Man, I love watching football on Sundays. Them races on Sundays. That new job that might pull me out of church. One service a month. It's only one service. Pastor, I'll be all right. We're walking that fine line. Those snares that are set up. Financial snares. All these different snares that the devil sets up. I want you to think about it with me as you will. We're, get, we're, get, we're getting there. We're going to get going here, all right? Matthew chapter number 12 and verse number 30, Jesus said, He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. And can I tell you right now, Christian, your life is the best testimony. It don't have to come from your mouth, but living a Christian life is the best testimony because people are watching and you have the power to encourage them just by showing up and being in your place. You have the power to encourage others, to point people toward Christ, to show them that there's something different in your life that they need by simply living out the Christian life. Not saying it's going to be an easy one. The devil's always going to be there. But let me tell you, with Jesus close by your side, you will make it all the way. The Bible says what? It is a, it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we'll stay in this book and we'll stay close to God, he'll help us through every snare. We'll, he'll shed light on those snares along the way so we can avoid that temptation and we can get out of there. I want you to get this now as we're going through. Captive at his will. Number one, number one, very quickly here uh, this morning. The devil wants to confuse you. Oh, get this one now. And that's how he starts with the mind. You know, our minds are very vulnerable. I mean, you think about to the time when you weren't saved and you would listen to music that wasn't right, that wasn't Christ honoring. And, and now you're saved. Many, many years later, you're saved. But you can still go back and remember that song like it was just yesterday. And you could sing along with it. Sometimes you're in a department store or Walmart or wherever. And you hear a song come on. You're like, oh, man, I ain't heard that song in forever. But all of a sudden, it just comes back to your memory, right? Our minds are very fragile, if you would. And what goes in a lot of times, you can't locate, file, and delete it out of your mind, but it's in there forever. So what we put in our minds and what we put in our ears and what we see, we need to be very careful of because the devil knows that as well. 
Amen. The devil knows our minds are very vulnerable. And if he can get a little, a little something planted in our mind that he could use against us, he will. Whether it be a seed of doubt, whether it be a, a seed of confusion, because we know he is the, the, the author of confusion. He is a liar and we know that. Amen. Hey, I want you to think about it. I mean, many, uh, before we even got saved. Before we got saved, when my wife even began to bring up the idea of church, we grew up, I grew up in church, Southern Baptist Church, and I can't tell you a single thing that happened there. I don't remember much, and we got out at a young age, but my wife comes to me. You heard our story from our pastor, a, a small excerpt from our testimony there as, as the Lord began to work on my wife's heart, and she came to me about church, and I'm like, yeah, church is all right. We'll think about it. I wasn't gung-ho about it. I wasn't because the devil had already put it in my mind. I don't need it. The devil doesn't have me confused. I was working for Goodyear Racing, making good money, working for NASCAR six and sometimes seven days a week, throwing NASCAR tires around. And I, got, I had good friends. We had plenty of money. We didn't have any issues. What do I need church for? Sunday's usually my only half a day off sometimes. Uh, but it's like, what do I need church for? I didn't really need it. That seed of confusion was already planted by the devil. But hallelujah for some persistent folk in this church that went back to my wife again. And gave her another gospel track. And it was like uh, the Holy Spirit says, listen, I don't care what the devil said. You need church. <laughs> and he was right. And he was right. It took me three services to finally get right. Amen. It took me three services to finally let go and let God have his way. Let go, because the whole time I had those doubts. Like, do I really need it? Why do I need it? What do I, what do I need church for? And then our pastor would preach a message. And I'm like, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I am lost. No. I went to church when I was a kid. <laughs> I, re I remember going to church when I was a kid. We grew up with it. You know, I'm good. I don't need church. It's, you know, I don't, I don't need God in my life. I, I got a good job. I got money. That's that world right there. I got job. I got money. I got a beautiful wife. I got everything that we need. Amen. I, what do I need church for? It's going to take up time. Take up money. Uh-oh, watch out now. That's a stumbling block for some. It's going to take up money. going to take up time. <laughs> I don't need God. Then we go back to church and hear, heard another message. Mm, maybe that pastor's right. I am lost. And the devil jumps up on my shoulder and says, don't worry about it. You got plenty of time. Hang on with me. The devil jump up on your shoulder and say, you got plenty of time for salvation. You got plenty of time for God later on in your life. You're young. You're in your early 20s. You don't need God right now. You got everything that you need. God's already blessed you. God, and he'll do that. Oh, he'll do that. God's already blessed you. You got a beautiful wife and you got a house and you're living on your own at, at 21. And oh, and you, everything's great. You got a great job. And, and that's what the devil will do. God's already blessing you. You don't need to go to church. You don't need salvation. What is that preacher talking about? I don't think he knows what he's talking about half the time. That's what the devil will tell you. I left the, we left that second service, and I, I know for a fact I was gripping the back of the pew in tears going, I know I need it, but the whole time the devil's telling me I don't need it. He is the author of confusion. He is the author of confusion, and he will get in your mind and plant seeds in your mind that will hinder you from moving forward for God. But hallelujah, we went back to third service. And it was on that third service that he preached on hell and how hot it was and the separation from God for eternity in a place called hell. And they showed a little video clip of a man and woman holding hands. And all of a sudden, one disappeared and the ring just sat there and spun. And at that point, the Holy Spirit said, that's going to be you. That's going to be you sitting there by yourself. And at that point, I said, devil, get off of me. We got to get saved. Amen. But he is the author of confusion. He will plant seeds of confusion in your mind. Young people, listen to me. Young people, listen to me right now. He will put you in positions and put you around people who will begin to confuse you and will ask questions that have nothing to do with the doctrine of, of the Bible, that have nothing to do with the deity of Christ. But he will plant seeds in there that will confuse you and pull you down rabbit trails that have nothing to do with the Bible and God. We've been there. We've, we've experienced these confusing conversations before. And you've experienced some of these conversations before where all of a sudden somebody asks a biblical question that tries to pull you way out and left. Well, what about this? What does the Bible have to say about this? Listen, hang all that stuff. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Let me tell you how you can be saved and know him as a personal savior because that's the most important thing. 
Before you get into the deep side, hey, let's wade in the water of salvation for a little bit. Let's talk about that. The devil will uh, confuse you. He sets up snares and sets people up to try to confuse you as well. The Bible reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 14, for Satan himself has transformed, he, was, he is transformed into an angel of light. He is trying to confuse people and he's trying to paint a pretty picture and trying to let you think that, that everything's all right and everything that you're doing is right and every decision that you make is right. And that's what he'll tell you. You're on the right path. You want to you you make money? Go make it. Don't worry about church. You want to you see? Go out there. Get that good job. Go out there. Get, go to college and listen to what your professor has to tell you. Just listen to everything they say because they're smarter than you. If they don't know this book, they ain't smarter than me. Amen. <laughs> I know the one who created them. <laughs> Amen. The devil paints a pretty good picture on the thing of alcohol. Oh, don't he, though? Yeah. And he's a masterful painter on that. He'll, he'll show you a, a commercial. Oh, everybody's having a good old time. All the alcohol's there. And oh, look, you'll have plenty of friends. You'll have a good time. But what he doesn't show you is the next day or the night when you're puking your guts out and you don't know where you are and you don't know what happened in your life and, and you're confused and, and you don't know what's going on. The devil says, it's all right. Can't believe you did that, though. He's the author of Confusion. He'll tell you that doing drugs is all right. He'll tell you it's only one time. Don't worry about it. Your friend, those people, they're not going to hang around you if you don't do it. I've been there. You know why I can testify on this? Because I've been there. Young folk, it ain't a good place to be. Hey, but let me tell you something. Listen now. Listen. The devil will come to you and say, listen, they, don't, they ain't going to be around you. They won't hang out with you no more if you don't try this. They won't, they won't go over there and they won't go to your house. And they won't, they won't, uh, you won't get to hang out with the cool kids, amen, uh, if you don't try this. But can I warn you what the devil doesn't tell you, that your first time might be your last. Right. Brother Rodney can testify to a lot of these. Listen now, <laughs> hey, now you turn on the news long enough, you'll see your first time might be your last time. Hey, can I wave the, wet, the red flags of, uh, and say stop what you're doing and pay attention to what's going on around you because the devil's going to be there no matter where you go and he's going to set up little snares and he's going to set up stumbling blocks along the way and he's going to confuse you if you're not careful. He'll confuse you against your pastor. He'll confuse you against the church and he'll confuse you against the brethren and he'll confuse you against your parents. He's good about that one, Amen. <laughs> And the teenagers think they know it all. Amen. I was there and I thought I knew it all too. Yes, sir. But there came a time when I realized I didn't. Yes, sir. And my parents were much wiser than I was. Yes. And I should have listened. Yeah. Young people, listen to your parents. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If I could say one thing right there, listen to them. Yes, They've been down roads that you may not ever want to go down. They have stories in their past that you may not even know about. And they're just setting up a security guard saying, I don't know if you'd hang out with them. I don't know if you ought to go there. And, and you might say, well, all my friends are doing it. Well, if all your friends are going to jump off a cliff, are you going to go jump too? I mean, hello, use a little common sense because the devil will confuse you and think everything's going to be all right. You can do whatever you want, live how you want, and you'll still be good in the end. And you won't be if you listen to the devil. He'll paint some pretty good pictures. Hey, hey, he, you know, God wants to deliver you out of those things. God wants to pull you out. He wants to steer you clear of all the snares of the devil. And I believe today in this room that God wants to set somebody free. Somebody in here today, you may not even realize that you're caught up in the snare, but the Holy Spirit's going to be doing a work, and he's doing a work on you. And listen, too many people come to the house of God and don't even have the mentality of what worship really is because they're caught up in the snares. They don't have that fullness of joy. They don't have that overflowing, uh, that overflowing godly life. And, and they, let me tell you something. If you really get it on the inside, <laughs> oh, if you really get it on the inside, it can't help but to come out on the outside. And if it ain't coming out on the outside, there's something stopping it up from coming out. And it might just be a simple snare from the devil. A simple snare that you got to get rid of, a, uh, a snare that needs to be loosened up a little bit this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to show you what it is and so you can get out of that snare and live a good godly life, one that exalts him, one that uplifts him, one that encourages one another. Oh, God wants to deliver someone. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of Christians like that today. They're just bound up in the snares. 
don't have the joy they used to have, don't have that peace that they used to have, all the time having to look over their shoulders for whatever reason, but they just don't have it anymore. They've lost it. They lost that fire that they once had and that fire they used to burn deep inside of them for the love of God and for his word and, and for church and for services is slowly fading away. It's getting stifled by the world one log at a time, getting pushed down. Listen, number two, very quickly here, not only does the devil want to confuse you, but the devil wants to control you. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter number two and verse number 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The devil wants to confuse you. He wants to confuse you about Christianity, confuse you about your Savior, confuse you about the church and its purpose. But the devil also wants to control you. He wants to control you to the point, he, he wants the power to where whatever he says you'll do. And the Holy Spirit will come in there and say, you know, you ought not do that. And you say, well, but it feels good. I like it. I like to go out here and hang out with my friends. I like to go do this. I like to go do this. And the Holy Spirit the whole time saying, you ought not do that. You know, you shouldn't do that. You know, you shouldn't go there. You know, you shouldn't have said that. You know, you shouldn't do this. And, but the devil says, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. He's confusing you because he wants to control you. I mean, I want you to think about it. He wants to control you to the point where he can say and you will do. And can I throw a warning out here? When you began to dabble in alcohol and drugs, let me tell you what you're doing. You are opening up the gates and allowing him to play. I have talked with friends of mine that are very close that when they get strung out, they hear voices. They, they hear and see things that aren't there physically that I can see and that you can see. But they hear things and they tell them to do things. And how many times have you heard story after story after story where somebody was strung out on whatever it is? You fill in the blank, amen, and as many drugs as out there now. But they hear voices telling them to kill, to hurt, not only other people but themselves. It is a very dangerous ground when you begin to open up yourself to these spiritual attacks because you understand living the Christian life, there is a bigger warfare that's going on around us. And, and listen, there is a spiritual battle that is taking place for your life. And yes, you are saved. If you're saved today by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've trusted in him, you are saved. And there's nothing the devil can do. to do. Hey, he can't take that salvation away. But what he can do is ruin your life. He can hinder you from being someone that you ought to be for God. He can slow you down. And what he'll do is he'll slow you down. And the others that are watching will see, see, look at them. Christianity didn't do good for them. They got God and look what happened to them. What's the difference? What do I need? The devil wants to confuse you and he wants to control you. Oh, watch out for the snares. Oh, always be looking around cognizant of what's going on around you, the people that surround you. Just don't let it blend in. The devil wants to confuse you. He wants to control you. Our lives, have, our, our lives are to be given away to other people for service. Our lives are supposed to be something in somebody else's life. And, and you see people get mad and puffed up. But, but I remind you what the Bible says in James chapter number one, verse number 20, the wrath of, uh, the, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And if you're mad and irritated all the time and at the drop of the hat, you're irritated, you might be caught up in a little snare. Hey man, you might want to go ahead and break free from that snare because I'm sorry, but, but the God I serve is love and his peace. And, and he wants us to help and encourage one another. Not be angry and always causing strife and division. Not trying to nitpick every little thing that somebody does. And Well, they messed that up. And well, they didn't do that right. That ain't the way I would have done it. Well, it ain't about us anyhow. It's all about him and our service toward him. We are to be giving our lives daily to Christ and allowing him to use us. But we can't if we're caught up in the snares of confusion and the snare how the devil wants to control us. God doesn't want you to be tempted by the devil. He wants to teach us out of the word of God. And the Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 13, there hath no temptation taken you by such, there is, but by such there is as common to man. 
Listen now. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Let me repeat the latter part again, that you may be able to escape. Hey, listen to me. The devil will set up snares in your life. But listen, God has already made a way for you to escape. You just have to go the way that he's already paid for you. But too many times we get caught up in the things of the world and we get blinded and we get confused and, and here we are following after what the devil laid out for us, following the little trail that he's laid out for us, thinking, oh, everything's going to be hunky-dory and everything's going to be great. If I just go this way and the whole time God's saying, turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left, go this way, don't go that way, don't go over there with them, don't get involved in that, you need to go over here, you need to come over here. He's already made a way for us to escape. We just got to have the light to see the path so we know which way to go. The devil's saying go this way, but if we got the light, we can say, whoa, hey, I think there's a better way over here. My God knows the way through the wilderness, hallelujah, and he will lead us unto paths that are righteous, that are clean, and that are pure. Hallelujah for the light. Amen. Something about light, it gets rid of all the darkness. Hey, man. The devil wants to tempt you, but God wants to teach you out of his word how to avoid the snares that are set up for you. We're hastening now. Let me, let me put this thing in high gear. Amen. Number three, the devil wants to consume you. Oh, hold on to every word here. First Peter chapter number five, verse number eight. You may have known this verse very well. Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants you to do nothing for God. Understand this today. He doesn't want you to win one soul. He doesn't want you to sing one song. He doesn't want you to even be here today. But you got one up on him because you're here. Amen. You got two up on him if you sang earlier. (laughs) Amen. Be sober and be vigilant. There's that, there's that, there's the sobriety in there again. Be sober and be vigilant. Be always ready, always aware of your surroundings. Why? Because the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And listen, the ones that will be devoured are the ones who stray away down the wrong path. I want to stay as close to the good shepherd as I can. So when the devil comes and tempts me, he says, go that way. Yes, sir. Go this way. Yes, sir. Hey, don't watch that. Hey, don't listen to that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to go the way that God wants me to go. But listen, if we're not in the word, if we don't have the light and we don't have the word in our heart, how is it that we can go the right way? So many Christians are wandering down the wrong path this morning. This morning alone, there's so many people There's so many young people and there's so many teenagers that are wandering down the wrong path because they're confused. They're confused. What they hear at church is one thing. What they hear from their friends in school and the media and all these things begin to outweigh the the simple fact of of, of Christianity and that God loves them and God wants the best for them. And, And then you got the whole world saying against them, you don't need God, you don't need church, you don't need this, you don't need it. The world is against us, people. And it's high time as us as Christians ought to rise up and encourage those that have wandered the far away. We ought to seek after them, go after them with the word. The devil wants to consume us. Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary doesn't say your friend. It says your adversary. He ain't for you. He's against you. Amen. Hey, he ain't for you, young people. He's against you today. Can I wave a warning here and say, hey, don't fall into the snares. Know that there's a way out. You say, well, Brother Brandon, I couldn't help it. Yes, you can. You did it because you wanted to. You didn't do it because everybody else told you to do it. Deep down inside your lustful flesh, and we all have that flesh, those fleshly desires, but we have to beat those things down. We have to put this body under subjection daily to follow after Christ. Avoid the temptations. Avoid the snares of the devil. 
We ought to crucify this old flesh and live present with the Lord in Galatians chapter number two and verse number 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That should be our daily life crucifying this old flesh with the lustful desires thereof, getting those things out of the way and allowing God to work in our lives and allowing God to help our path, make it nice and straight and clear. And my friends, God's path always is straight too, amen? It ain't crooked, it ain't up and down. It is straight and narrow, amen? I want, I'll leave you with this right here as well. The devil wants to consume everything that you have. Not only does he want to consume you, but he wants everything that you have. If you don't give your family to God, the devil will take them. If you don't, if you don't give your family to God, the devil will take them away from you. If you don't give your money to God, the devil will take every penny that you have. <laughs> hey, if you don't give your health to God, the devil sure enough will take it. I'm glad I'm serving a wise master and a builder of all. Jesus, the carpenter of Nazareth. Hey, and he knows how to build something that will last. Amen. I'm so thankful that I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so thankful that he is leading me today. But listen, to be careful. Watch out for the snares. Oh, don't, don't let him hold you captive. Don't let, him, don't let him catch you up and slow you down. Not only this, number four, very quickly here, the devil wants to condemn you. We touched on this just a minute ago. And the word condemn means to express complete disapproval of, usually in public. And isn't that how the devil works? He'll convince us to do something that we know is not right and then publicly shame us for it. Oh, go and do that. You'll have a good time. Enjoy that time. Post that on Facebook. Share that. Do that. And then all of a sudden, the moment we do it, conviction sets in. The Holy Spirit says, you knew you done wrong. You knew you should have done it. And the devil says, <laughs> can't believe you did something like that. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're And I'm ashamed to even say it, that I've even had that said to me before. Slipped up on the tongue. You said something you shouldn't have. Not necessarily a cuss word, but you said something out of context, out of the, out of the ordinary. And somebody says, man, I thought you were a Christian. You're talking about a dagger to the heart. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit conviction get all on top of you and say you knew that was wrong. And then you have to humbly go back and apologize publicly for what you did. Right. Whatever the case is, something that you shared on Facebook or Twitter, something that you said that was out of context, maybe something you did to somebody. And the Holy Spirit says, you know that was wrong. You knew you shouldn't have did that. And this whole time, they thought you were a Christian. And the devil will say the same thing. Man, I thought you was, whoo, I thought you was saved. I thought you loved God. I thought you'd done anything for Christ. And here you are, acting the way you are. Man, I can't believe that. That's what the devil will do. He'll confuse you. He wants to control you and he will consume you if you let him, but he'll publicly condemn you too. any chance that he gets. Number five, very quickly and we're done. The devil wants to convince you. The devil wants to convince you. John chapter number eight, verse 44. Ye are of, the, of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Listen now, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Hey, he will convince you that everything he's telling you is truth and nothing can be further from the truth. Everything that he tells you is a lie. Hey, but listen, everything that God gives you will always be good. And James reminds us of this in James chapter number one, verses 14 through 17. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, but every gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights whom there is 
is no variance, neither shadow of turning. Listen to me. Everything that we get from God is good. If you are confused this morning, it is not of God. It is of the devil. Listen, if something in your life is telling you to go the right way, that is God. If something is encouraging you, telling you you need to go to church, that is God. But if there's something in your head, something, someone comes by and says, you don't need church, you don't need God, and keep all your money to yourself, and don't worry about the young people, and don't worry about the choir, and don't worry, don't worry about what the carpet looks like, leave that dirt over there, don't pick that trash up over there, that is nothing but of the devil, because he wants everything to hinder you from serving God with your whole life. God wants you to give him everything. And the least we can do is give him our life because he was willing to give up his son to die on the cross for us. It is the least we can do is serve him while we have breath. But we cannot serve him while we're caught up in the snares of confusion and the snares of doubt and the snares of this life and consumed with the world. And the devil wants to convince you that everything he tells you is truth. But it is far from it. In closing this morning, have you been taken captive at his will? Is there something in your life that is holding you from serving him more? What is it that's holding you back that's a stumbling block, a hurdle, if you would? Well, God, I would do this, but... Well, God, I would give this, but... What is it today? You think because you're saved it's not possible? For the devil to tempt you, he tempted Christ. He tempted Christ. What makes you think that we're not able to be tempted? <laughs> I mean, he was bold enough to go to Jesus and, and show him these great things. Oh, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these things. They weren't even his to give away to begin with. He's trying to confuse you. You remember the prodigal son? Speaking of confusion, remember the prodigal son? He went out and spent everything that he had. His whole entire inheritance. Just give me what's mine and I'll do what I want to with it and I'll have a good time right now. Give it all to me. And he got it all. And he spent it all to the point where he was in with the pigs eating the slop because he, had, he didn't even have no food. And when he spent it all, he had no friends either. You go, back and go back and read it, young people. Oh, life is good when you got money. <laughs> but the moment the money dries up and the license are getting pulled by your parents because you're being stupid, amen? Hey, when the license gets pulled, guess what happens? Your friends ain't there to help you out no more. They ain't going to come by and pick you up. <laughs> no, no, no. But he, came to, but he came to a realization. He said, my, my servants, the servants at my father's house have more than I do. He came to a point in his life, and I want you to come to that point right now. Listen, 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 listen. If you're caught up in any type of snares, it may be a small snare, but it starts off small and will grab a hold of you. Listen, how many of you know a hangnail hurts? <laughs> it's something small, but it can cause a lot of pain. When you step on a nail, a nail may be small, but bless the Lord, when you step on it on your foot, it hurts. It causes a lot of pain. It may start off with something small, but it will develop into a lot of pain and a lot of issues if you don't take care of it quick. Who is it today that needs to come back to a heavenly father who is waiting like this? Get out of the snares. You know I've made a way for you to get out. I want you to come on back home. Oh, turn back away from those wicked ways and come back home. He's ready and he's waiting for you to come back today. You say, listen, I don't know how to make this change in my life. And you're right, we can't make the change on our own, but we have to allow God to, to put that change in us. Only God can help make us better, amen? Hey, Ephesians reminds us this in Ephesians chapter number six, and I'm done. I'll give you two verses of scripture and we're done. Ephesians chapter number six, verse number 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The whole armor of God. And the moment we miss one piece is the moment that we become vulnerable to be captive at his will. The moment we expose vulnerability is the moment that the lion that is walking about us, about us seeking whom he may destroy, will attack because we've shown vulnerability. We ought to walk as close as we can to Christ today. And the world is not going to get any better, my friends. It's only going to get worse. And the Bible clearly states it will wax and worse and worse and worse until the day that Jesus calls us out of here. 
So we ought to be the light that we can be today, but we can't be that light that is hid by the things of the world, caught up in the snares of life and the struggles of life. James chapter number four and verse number seven, submit yourselves therefore unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. It will first take us to submit ourselves to God, to a holy God who loves us and loves you this morning. Listen, I don't know if you heard that this morning from your parents or, or from your kids, uh, adults. Listen, God loves you this morning and he wants the best for you. And he wants you to live a victorious Christian life, but we can't do it bound down by the things of Satan. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Where are you at this morning? Listen, Christians, let's not wait. Let's not wait till that snare gets a hold of us and causes us pain and trouble and woe. Why don't we make a move now and just get it settled today? Get it settled today. Just come forward and get it settled right now. Let God use you again. There's something in your life that's holding you back. What is it today that's holding you back from the service? What is it today that God wants to do something great in your life, but you won't let it? What is it, young people? Maybe some friends that we need to get rid of. Maybe some people that we need to stop hanging around. Maybe it's time we get back to the book. Who is it today that's ready to be set free from that bondage that the devil has us kept held captive? You make that move. If you're watching by the way of live stream, you can make that move right where you are. I don't know what it is that's going on in your life, but the devil may have you confused. You don't need church. You don't need God. You don't need to listen to nobody. Oh, but God loves you, and he wants to set you free from those bonds today. But we got to let him. We have to humble ourselves down and get rid of that pride that the devil gave us and says, you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Who is it? That, who else today needs to make that move? Don't wait. Don't hinder the Holy Ghost. Let him work in your life. We'll sing in just a moment. You make that move now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, a question or two. I preach to the saved. This morning, I preach to those that are saved, that are gloriously washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Brandon, I don't understand all this. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand. What joy are you talking about? I don't understand what snares. Maybe you're lost in here today and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You never came to that realization that you needed salvation from your sins. If you're here today like that, you're not saved, you're unsure of your salvation. If you don't know right now, 100% that you'd go to heaven, I want you to shoot that hand up. I want to pray for you. If you do not know that you're saved, will you just slip up your hand real quick and take it down? I'll pray for you. I'll not pray by name out loud, but God will know. All right, Christian. How about it? How about it? Are we living a life that is sanctified? Are we living a life that is separated for God? If you know of any snare, let's go ahead and get them off today. Jesus wants to pluck that snare off of you and let you run wide open for Him. Let's all stand to our feet every.